Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. Charlotte, have you ever thought about how we could learn from nature when it comes to energy harvesting? Well, Diego, nature does have a way of optimizing its resources. What's the context here? Two recent scientific projects have drawn inspiration from the lotus flower and scavengers. The aim is to develop materials and devices that exploit residual energy. This is a clear case of biomimicry, where we look to nature for inspiration and solutions. Interesting. So how does the lotus flower come into play? Well, if you look at a lotus flower, it has a unique surface that repels water. The researchers, led by the Spanish National Research Council and the University of Seville, have developed hydrophobic materials that mimic this. They've also built a system that harnesses residual energy from daily activities. That's fascinating. The ability to repel water could have numerous applications, especially in preventing ice formation. But how does the system harness residual energy? And why is this important? The project, aptly named Sound of Ice, has developed an energy-efficient, environmentally safe, and autonomously operated defrosting system. It's based on acoustic transducers that convert physical effects into signals. The idea is to stop ice from affecting things like drones, wind turbines, and aircrafts. So the surface they've developed not only repels water, but also allows water droplets to move freely, reducing and delaying the formation of ice. That's really smart. But what about the scavengers? How do they fit into this? The second project, 3D Scavengers, is about capturing the energy that's released in everyday actions, like turning on a light or the random movement of people. The idea is to take advantage of the environmental microenergy around us in the form of heat, vibrations, or light. That's a fantastic concept. It's like turning waste into a resource. And it's not just about harnessing energy, but also about creating usable and cumulative energy sources, right? Absolutely. Imagine powering sensors in buildings or farms using the energy available in the environment. And it's not just limited to that. Even the energy from our bodies or air currents from fans can be captured and used. It's all about optimizing what we already have. So we're talking about a future where devices will need much less energy, and this environmental energy could serve as a power source. That's a game changer, isn't it? Indeed, it is. And it's not just about energy efficiency. It's also about resilience. Imagine a bridge with thousands of sensors providing local information about each point. It could precisely detect where a problem arises without depending on a single wired sensor connected to the internet. So the lessons we can learn from nature, like the lotus flower and scavengers, are not just about survival, but also about thriving in our environment. It's fascinating how these natural behaviors can influence scientific research, potentially change the way we harness energy. Absolutely. It's a reminder that innovation can come from the most unlikely places. It's about looking at the world around us with a fresh perspective and being open to possibilities. From harnessing energy through biomimicry to unearthing secrets from beneath the ice, our next story takes us from the warmth of the lotus flower to the cold depths of glacial geology. We're about to delve into a groundbreaking project in Greenland that has uncovered the longest rock core ever extracted from beneath its ice. This discovery could potentially shed light on the future of global warming and reveal intriguing details about our planet's past. So, let's shift our focus from the energy around us to the history beneath us. 
Our topic today, Charlotte, is a fascinating one. We're diving into the realm of glacial geology, specifically a groundbreaking project in Greenland. Indeed, Diego, we're talking about the longest rock core ever extracted from beneath Greenland's ice. This could potentially reveal how fast the ice will melt as global warming continues. And it's not just about the future, but the past too. The rock and sediment analyses suggest that this core's material was exposed to air within the last three million years, meaning the ice had melted away, at least temporarily. This is crucial because it's the first such material collected in decades, and it contains more bedrock material than ever before from under Greenland's ice. Ally Balter Kennedy, a glacial geologist, says this core holds a wealth of information about past exposure. And this isn't just academic curiosity. Greenland's ice melt significantly contributes to current sea level rise, exactly. Many researchers have tried to explore the past and future of the ice sheet by drilling into it, but few have made it through to the bedrock underneath. The technical challenges are immense. But this time, the Green Drill Project succeeded. They drilled through 509 meters of ice at Prudu Dome and extracted 7.4 meters of frozen sediment and rock. The team's initial analysis suggests that the core contains high levels of beryllium-10, a radioactive isotope produced in rock when it's exposed to air and cosmic rays. This could indicate that the rock was exposed to air for about 40,000 years. Now, this could have been a single event or multiple episodes spread over the past few million years. And if the Prudhoe Dome site was indeed ice-free, even briefly, then Greenland must have melted enough to contribute between 19 and 73 centimeters of global sea level rise. That's a staggering thought. But it's worth noting that these findings are preliminary. The sediments could have been disturbed or moved around, and the measurements still need to be confirmed. Yes, but smaller amounts of beryllium-10 in the rock beneath the sediment support the idea that it was all exposed to air. It's a fascinating study, Diego, and we'll be keen to see how it develops. Absolutely, Charlotte. It's a stark reminder of the tangible impacts of climate change and the importance of understanding our past to navigate our future. From the icy depths of Greenland, we now transition to a realm that's equally complex and fascinating but quite different in nature. It's a world where biochemistry meets artificial intelligence and where scientific discovery is not just about understanding our past, but also about shaping our future. Get ready as we delve into the intriguing world of CRISPR-Cas9 kinetics and a groundbreaking tool called Electrum. Diego, today we're delving into the fascinating world of biochemistry and artificial intelligence. Have you heard about this new tool called Electrum? Yes, indeed, Charlotte. It's an intriguing blend of neural architecture search, kinetic models, and transfer learning, right? Designed to predict the kinetics of CRISPR-Cas9 cleavage, if I'm not mistaken. Spot on, Diego. For our listeners who might not be familiar with these terms, CRISPR-Cas9 is a revolutionary gene editing tool. Kinetics in this context refers to the rate at which these gene editing reactions occur. Now, traditionally, these enzymatic pathways that control cellular processes have been quite tricky to predict due to their complexity. But Electrum is... It's essentially changing the game, isn't it? By integrating AI and biochemistry, it's making it possible to predict these reactions more effectively. And this isn't just limited to the lab. The implications for medical research are enormous. Absolutely, Diego. It's like we're on the cusp of a new era in biochemistry. 
But of course, all this is subscription content and can only be fully accessed via specific institutions or by subscribing to the journal that published the research. In this case, that's nature. Right. And it's worth noting that the cost varies depending on the type of article. But the investment is definitely worth it for those deeply interested in this field. The advancements being made are truly groundbreaking. Couldn't agree more, Diego. And it's not just the scientific community that's excited. Ethically, there are no competing interests declared by the authors of the study. This gives it a level of credibility that... Absolutely, Charlotte. It's always reassuring when there's transparency about potential conflicts of interest. This is serious, groundbreaking work that's pushing the boundaries of what we know about biochemistry and AI. And it's this sort of cross-disciplinary innovation that's really going to shape the future of science and medicine. It's a thrilling time to be alive, isn't it, Diego? Absolutely, Charlotte. It's an exciting time indeed. As we continue to unravel the mysteries of our world, who knows what other breakthroughs are just around the corner. From the revolutionary applications of AI and biochemistry, let's now shift gears and delve into a different, yet equally intriguing aspect of artificial intelligence. Would you believe that a simple card game could inspire groundbreaking developments in the field of mathematics and AI? Stay tuned as we uncover how a game of set is reshaping the landscape of combinatorics and AI research. Charlotte, do you play card games? I've been known to dabble, Diego. Why do you ask? Well, it appears that the card game set is not just a game anymore. It's now a source of inspiration for mathematicians and AI researchers alike. Interesting. Do tell more. An AI system called FunSearch has made headway on set-inspired problems in combinatorics, a branch of mathematics that deals with the arrangement of sets. The twist here is that FunSearch is using large language models, or LLMs, to generate new solutions. LLMs, huh? So we're talking about AI that's capable of understanding and generating human language, right? Exactly, Charlotte. But what's really groundbreaking about this is that it's the first time an LLM-based system has been able to go beyond what mathematicians and computer scientists already know. It's not just novel, it's more effective than anything else that exists today, according to Pushmeet Kohli, who leads the AI for Science team at Google DeepMind. That's a bold statement. But how exactly does FunSearch work? I mean, it's not playing cards, is it? No, it's not playing cards but it is asking a specially trained LLM to write short computer programs that can generate solutions to a particular mathematical problem. It then checks quickly to see whether those solutions are better than known ones. If not, it provides feedback to the LLM so that it can improve at the next round. It's like a creative engine for- So it's, it's a continuous learning process then? That's fascinating. Yes, it is. And the team tested FunSearch on the CapSet problem, a problem evolved out of the game set. It's a complex problem that involves finding certain arrangements of three points in an n-dimensional space. Sounds like quite a challenge. And how did FunSearch fare? It was able to improve on the lower bound for n equals 8 by generating sets of cards that satisfy all the requirements of the game. So it's not just finding solutions, but also creating new ones that hadn't been considered before. Impressive. But what does this mean for mathematicians? Are they out of a job now? Not at all, Charlotte. In fact, it's quite the opposite. One interesting feature of FunSearch is that people can see the successful programs created by the LLM and learn from them. 
As Jordan Ellenberg, a mathematician and co-author of the study says, it's not about replacing human mathematicians, but about multiplying their force. It's all about human-machine collaboration. So, it's a win-win situation then. AI helps to generate new solutions and humans learn from it. I must say, Diego, it's quite a fascinating development. Indeed, Charlotte. It's a testament to how AI is not just a tool, but a collaborator, helping us to push the boundaries of what's possible in mathematics and beyond.